Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I have uh, talked about this before in years past that I was a bit of a late bloomer when it comes to uh, skiing. I'm with with our kids. When D and I made the decision that uh, first of all, I didn't want my kids to learn how to ski the way I did, you know, with high school buddies taking you up to the top of payday for night skiing on old raggedy equipment that they dug out of the garage. And then they just say, we'll see, we'll meet you at the bottom. That is not the way to learn how to ski. So Dee and I just resolved that we'd make sure that our, our kids had really good ski lessons. We've had some amazing experiences as a family all along the, uh, the Wasatch front and even down in snow basin. I, I well up in snow basin and, then I, I also, while uh, Ian was going to school down at SUU, we spent some time at Bryanhead that was just uh, amazing, truly amazing. And so I love to ski, but there are some real issues, especially in big and little Cottonwood Canyons right now. What do we do? And on one hand, I was kind of shocked, uh, and our kids learned how to ski a really good friend of mine at uh, Solitude was very, very kind and really kind of shepherded our kids and uh, helped them when they were learning to ski. So I have a real soft spot for Solitude. I love to ski at Solitude. And I didn't know whether to be really proud of them or a little shocked when they announced that they were going to charge for parking. My first reaction is, are you kidding me with what skiing already costs? Are you kidding me? But at the same time, as I thought about it a little bit more. We've got to do something. It's kind of like the old days when I used to talk about uh, Mill Creek Canyon with Randy Horiuchi, who was our uh, county commissioner at the time and then later was on the Salt Lake County Council. But he was proposing that uh, or talking about the need to put a toll uh, gate at the mouth of Mill Creek Canyon. And I hate tolls to begin with. But as I talked more and more with Randy, I thought, you know, Hey, it does make some sense. And he just, he put it succinctly. He said, Doug, I know how you feel about Mill Creek Canyon. I know for anybody who lives in the Mill Creek area, up in the Olympus Cove or wherever, it's kind of like, almost like your backyard. It's like the neighborhood park. He said, but we are loving that canyon to death. And he was right. He was right. Well, guess what? We are loving big cottonwood and Little Cottonwood Canyons to death. 
And that's why we've had organizations like Mountain Accord. We have the uh, Wasatch Commission. We have, we have a lot of organizations that have been looking into this. The Central Wasatch Commission, Save Our Canyons, has been looking into this, all with a little different take. Mountain Accord kind of evolved into the Central Wasatch Commission. All of them have met with our KSL editorial board and all make some really good and interesting points. But the first resort on its own, that has decided we've got to do something about this. And then as I I dug into the details of solitude, charging for parking in an effort to reduce the traffic and the air quality, I I don't care who takes the poll. I don't care if it breaks down into Republicans and Democrats. Air quality is in the top 10, certainly. And for most of us, it's in the top five. And for some, it's in the top three of the biggest issues we need to deal with along especially the Wasatch Front. And when you talk about congestion and traffic, most people automatically think of our freeways and our highways and our byways and so on. But for anybody who skis, or you don't even have to ski. You go up one of the canyons even on a prime weekend during the summer, and you go, man, it wasn't like this back in the day. Well, it will never be back in the day, and we've got to figure out what to do. So solitude, I think, somewhat courageously. They're going out on a limb here because skiing ain't cheap. You know, the passes, the season passes, whatever it might be, solitude right now, according to our great producer who just put this together for me, the adult uh, uh, season pass, 23 plus, is 1,049, young adult, 13 to 22 is 779, Children ages five through twelve three ninety nine and four and under is forty nine so i mean and and believe me they're more expensive than that elsewhere, but still for a family that's that's a steep hill to climb and then to charge for parking on top of it, but listen to how solitude has handled this, and I'd love to hear from you on this. You can text us on the Utah Community Credit Union text line at 57500. I'd love to get your thoughts on this, whether you're a skier or not. But if one or two people go up in a vehicle, in a car, they will be charged 20 bucks to park. And if three people, the charge drops to half that. And if there are four passengers, well, then the parking will be $5. Solitude has also said they're investing in a ride-sharing app that will connect skiers and snowboarders to share their available space in their personal vehicles. So maybe as you're approaching the canyon, you know, you pull over, safely do this, maybe before you even leave home, which is better, and you check the app and you say, okay, there are three or four, and you connect and you ride up together. So all of a sudden, you have four people in your vehicle safely, or five, depending on the kind of vehicle, or even six all of a sudden, you know, you're paying about a buck a piece to park. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Solitude said they're really, really looking at ways to team up, to make this work for everybody. They plan to announce more details. They've also added 100 new lockers for mountain goers to make it easier for those using the public transportation. Uh, we had uh, we had those who are in charge of public transportation before the KSL and Deseret News editorial board not all that long ago, and they said, you know, we can put as many buses as we, we want on this, but if the bus still creeps and crawls up the canyon because of all of the traffic, that's still an issue, and it's not much of an incentive for people to, to get on the buses.
So there's so many challenges here. But I have to tell you, I'm rather than going, are you kidding me? They're going to charge now for parking. I'm actually applauding the people at Solitude. And I hate prices to go up, but I especially like the way they are incentivizing it. And if you if you connect with four with three other people, and how many of us? I mean, really, in your little you know heart of hearts, I've driven up just by myself, skied a half a day at one of the resorts. Can you imagine if every single skier goes up in a single vehicle, the bedlam that ensues? And so Solitude has basically come up with a program that if you have five or six people in your vehicle going up the canyon, it's a buck apiece. And that's awfully cheap for the convenience. The other big problem is, and this can be a real downside, and maybe some of you are contemplating this at this point, if you know you're going to get walloped for 20 bucks when you pull into the parking lot, in this case, the only resort doing it is Solitude so far. And, boy, it took a lot of guts, I think, for them to do this. But isn't that going to incentivize people to park on the road, which adds to the problem? And especially as the season goes on, more and more snow, the, the rule is if it's not marked no parking, you can park as long as you're parked on the other side of the white line. In other words, leaving the road open for those that are commuting up and down the canyon and for those that are driving the snow plows. But what happens is people, as the season goes on, it, it's impossible to park on the other side, the right side of that white line. So many people then are actually choking down the road to the point where they can't even get a snowplow up and down the canyon. I'm going to keep a close eye. I'm going to be very interested in your comments on this. We're just months away, maybe even less than that with man-made snow, away from the ski season. No, probably about two months away from the ski season. And how do you feel about what Solitude has done? And what are you going to do to hopefully alleviate some of the problem parking at the mouth of the canyon but that's an issue too when you're talking about parking how much up at the resorts themselves do we pave over how much in the foothills where the parking lots are so you can catch the transit buses and so on how much do we want to pave over there this is a tough tough problem and honestly congratulations to solitude for at least trying to do something. We have much more coming up on Inside Sources on the program today. Stay with us. Doug Wright filling in for the next week or so. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio. We have a lot of things to talk about on the program today. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, in just a little while, we're going to be talking with Clark Potion. We're, and, you know, I, I want to specifically, whenever we call Clark, it's usually something to do with firearms or uh, gun legislation. But I specifically want to talk to Clark in a few minutes about the AR-15 buyback. And when you have one of the Democratic presidential candidates 
Well, all of them are talking about some serious gun legislation. But the one that actually stepped up, and this this is a direct quote, forgive me for the word, but hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Well, assuming, and again, I don't think anybody needs to break out into a sweat, but when somebody at the national level starts talking in those terms, we need to pay attention to it because as we have seen over now the many years of this great republic, occasionally we get surprised in an election. And if someone were to be elected who does have that uh, idea, whether you love it or hate it, the fact is, how in the world would that work? How do you do it? What would it take? And wh- what kind of cost would there be to our society? And So anyway, we'll, we'll kick that around with Clark Potion coming up in just a few minutes here at KSL News Radio. We'll also be talking about uh, a rise in anti-Semitism, which is really disturbing. Jay Jacobson will be joining us. There was an event at the uh, Jewish Community uh, Center, and we'll get into that and more all coming up. But I really appreciate we put in a phone call to UDOT a little earlier. And by the way, we have phone calls into some others who are working on planning for the canyons to talk about some of the issues uh, regarding the congestion, not just during the ski season, but even now sometimes in the summertime as well. The congestion on the roads, the congestion on the trails. But John Thomas is joining us right now, project manager for UDOT. And John, we really appreciate you making time for us on the program today. And as UDOT looks at the upcoming ski season especially, and you look at the move that solitude has taken, they're the first resort to say, okay, this is serious, and maybe this is something that we can do to actually charge for parking. As you look at the 2019 ski season, what plans do you have at UDOT? Well, one of the biggest things that UDOT is looking at is how do we get more people in fewer cars? Um, one of the challenges we have at both Big and Little Cottonwood Canyons is a limited amount of parking at the top of the canyons at the ski resorts. And we're trying to figure out ways to help um, people change their behavior and have good options for, for instance, carpooling or having three or four people in a car as they go to the ski areas to enjoy a day of recreation. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I've appreciated. First of all, I appreciate the solitude to have the guts to try to do something themselves until perhaps an overall master plan for the uh, the canyons is put together. But they also, while there's quite a wallop, if if it's just good old Doug Wright going, hey, I'm going to go out and ski a half a day at Solitude, and I decide to drive up there, there's a $20 wallop in the parking lot. But Solitude has really tried to incentivize that if you do exactly what you just mentioned a moment ago, that if you have three or four or five or six, depending on the type of uh, of uh, vehicle that you drive, it, it works out to being very inexpensive, you know, a buck ahead for the parking. I like that they're not trying to be punitive here. They're just trying to get more people in each and every car. So first of all, they can park them. And second of all, you can get up the canyon without congestion. That's right. And, and it, it follows along the same line. And that, you know, when we have a lot of roadside parking, when the ski area lots fill up and people are forced to park on the road, it causes a real safety issue. Um, you can imagine when we have a lot of fresh snow, the snowbanks might not be pushed back that far. Um, people are parking um, to the left of the white line on the edge of the pavement. And when we get 
that condition, which we had two times last year, it went down to one lane. A two-lane road became one lane of traffic, and that's unsafe for everybody in the canyon as well as for all the people on the road just with their friends and family. And they're sitting there walking down the middle of a road with cars and buses and plows and all the activity that goes on in our busy canyons. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned that because in every discussion that I have heard or had with individuals, they bring that up. Uh, my friend Jed Bolf over at uh, KSL Television uh, Channel 5 uh, talked about that very issue, how when you have people parking and sometimes even ignoring the no parking signs on maybe the inside, the avalanche side, as it were, although an avalanche will take out the whole road sometimes. When you have cars on both sides, and as you mentioned, that snow starts encroaching on those white lines, nobody is parking properly. Nobody is parking legally. And when you are all regaled in your ski gear, uh, it's pretty awkward. You're hauling skis, you're hauling equipment, you're walking rather clumsily. And to have that kind of traffic on the road with one lane, that just doesn't work. What are the penalties? Or, or do you bother with the penalties at that time? If you're issuing citations, can can d- does that just make things worse? Well, what, what we try to be somewhat flexible in how we address on-road parking. Um, there are no parking areas. Um, and sometimes the canyons just get crowded enough that um, we can't get to everybody and help them understand that that's not a parking area. So there is some enforcement with some ticket writing. I believe the fine is $25. Um, for some people, that, you know, might, might be the, um, they might justify that as valet parking. Um, <laughs> and yeah. at least they get a day with their friends or family and, um, you know, to go recreate on. Uh, an event that might be very important to them. Right. You know, that's an important thing, though, to underscore. For example, at Solitude, you know, to spend $20, even if you're the only person in the car and it's $20, or if you have three and more, it's $10, or whatever whatever that breakdown is, uh, it's, it's cheaper than getting a ticket if you're parking up on the road. What is the worst area, as far as UDOT is concerned, where you have the most concern in those two canyons? Is it right there at the entrances and the mouth of the resorts? Is it the mouth of the canyon? Where, Where's the real concern? It's fairly consistent across all four resorts and both of the canyons. And people want to park as close as they can to getting on um, a chairlift. Um, as you mentioned, it's not easy walking with all your gear. And if you have um, family members, you're helping their gear, carrying their gear and lunches and other things. Um, it, you're looking for the shortest distance, and that usually does occur right around the mouth of the parking lots and, and those areas. Um, as the day progresses, as you get past 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, um, as people are still coming in, um, those areas expand maybe a mile, a mile or two beyond um, just those entrances. I was uh, reading some of our text messages that are coming in, and a lot of the the things that our our listeners are talking about would be much more futuristic, like a light rail up the canyon, an expansion of the roads, snow sheds in certain parts of the canyon. Mm-hmm. I only have about a minute left here, but what would kind of, from UDOT's point of view, be the ultimate in, in maybe 10 years? What would you like to see that would really make a difference with this? 
UDOT is undertaking a process right now where we're going through the steps of getting the public input, identifying where they've already identified over 100 different alternatives. We're evaluating those, developing and evaluating those alternatives with a variety of sets of data and other information so we can report back to the public, here's what we find, the environmental impact, the performance of that on transportation, and any other issues that we think might help the public feel informed about the different alternatives. In a year's time, um, the department will be uh, recommending um, some improvements. And so at this point, it's a little early to say what our ultimate is because we really um, have all the alternatives and ideas on an equal playing field, and we're going through the steps now to um, fully flesh those out, get the information together, get it back out to the public, and um, make some further decisions from there about a year from now. John, I so appreciate you joining us. I know you jumped through a lot of hoops, so you could join us on the program today. Thank you so much. I appreciate what UDOT does. Thank you. And we have a lot more coming up on Inside Sources. And uh, coming up next, we'll talk with Clark Apotion. We'll talk with Clark Apotion. And we will also, of course, be talking with Jay Jacobson. We'll talk about that event at the Jewish Community Center on Sunday night and the rise in anti-Semitism. That's coming up here on Inside Sources. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.